good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Courtney Cuff, Henny Cutter gave me. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Buju relatives. Uh, Robert Pilot is actually out today, and this is Ogamaganua Kwe here with you on Native Roots Radio. And we have a special edition of Native Roots Radio tonight. We've got a wonderful guest host, Robert Lilligren of the White Earth Nation, uh, who is the uh, executive director at the Native American Community Development Institute. And we're doing a get to know NACD day. And uh, Robert has graciously invited uh, people from his organization and some of the programs that they run to come and talk today about the work that they do. Uh, Robert, why don't you go ahead and uh, take it from here? Yeah, it's so thrilling to be here. I'm honored to be guest hosting. Of course, I could never fill Robert Pilot's moccasins, but I will do my best to get us through this. And, and I'm just thrilled to talk a little about the work that we do at NACD, Native American Community Development Institute. We have two of our incredible staff members, John Williams, who's our development director. We also have joining us a little later on, Angela Two Stars who is our All My Relations Arts uh, arts Director and a, just a rising star, really has an international reputation as, a, uh, as an artist herself. And so she'll talk a little about her work at NACD and All My Relations and a little about her work as an artist. And, and you know, NACD is such an unusual kind of organization. We, we are an asset-based community development intermediary our job is to support the native communities into realizing our own vision for ourselves. And we, we work authentically in community through our projects and programs. Then we work in the systems change around policy, boardrooms, things like that. And so, uh, so one of the thrills I have uh, doing in my daily work is that I get to work with incredible native professionals like the two folks you're gonna hear from tonight. So I'll just move on introducing uh, our first guest tonight, and his name is John Williams. And maybe I'll just sort of step back. He's the development director at NACD, and maybe I'll just ask him to talk first a little about himself or just introduce himself and then uh, educate us about what a development director is and does, please. Welcome, John. Hi, Robert. Hello, everyone. How are you? Thanks for having me. Very good. Oh, good. I'm so impressed, Robert, that you're a radio host. It's so great to see the different facets of your (laughs) personality. Well, and you might not even know this, but there was a brief time I was actually a professional radio host, an on-air personality following in my father's footsteps. He He had quite a career on the radio. Oh, you know, I think I remember you telling me that. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, I'm John Williams, and I am an enrolled member of the Cheyenne River Tribe of South Dakota. My mom is full-blooded Lakota and from Rosebud. My grandpa was from Pine Ridge, but at the time of enrollment, we were up at Eagle Butte, and so Mm. we are enrolled at Cheyenne River. I'm sure that's not an unfamiliar story to many people. Right. Right. Enrollment can be kind of arbitrary. It, it, it certainly was. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in a big family, Robert. We have six brothers and sisters, 24 nieces and nephews, and now 26 great nieces and nephews. So just Whoa. a big Quite Indian nice. family from South Dakota. We're spread all over the United States now. Frankly, I can't keep track of everyone at this point. <laughs> Too much for me. Um, but I love all of them very much. And, uh, there's just a strong native family. Great. You asked me to talk about what a development director does and, yeah. you know, I think everybody can understand. I think that term development, you know, is, does that mean community development in the context that I, in my role, development means raising funds and developing the organization. And so my primary role at NACTI. Um, has been to write all of our grants. We have a large percentage of our budget every year that's funded by philanthropy. 
And so um, writing grants is a big portion of my job. But I also work with all of our individual donors, our corporate donors. We have contracts with the city, state, and county that I administer. Um, really looking at the overall financial health of the organization, working with the board and the CEO, who is Robert, on, um, on making sure that our programs are well-funded, looking towards the future. Development is a long view job. You really have sure. to be looking at the organization for five to 10 years um, and really think about that. And I think, Robert, with your leadership and our collaboration, I think we're doing that really wisely for NACTI. I think we are, in your words, uh, strategic regulated growth. So we don't get big, too big too fast. That can be overwhelming to small organizations. Right. And we are a small organization. However, we do so much work. We are mm -hmm. authentically in community. Every week, it seems, we're doing something. Um, and so that makes my job easier, Robert. I, I am able to mm -hmm. tell the story. I work collaboratively with our directors. Angela Two Stars will be on um, the show a little later. Um, she's incredible to work with. She has vision for, for what all my relations not just the gallery, but all my relations as an entity and as an arts organization can do and should be doing for Native artists. We're really protective of Native artists and we advocate right. for them. Um, our food and, and John, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to get a little, uh, hear a little bit more of your story. And John and I are sort of close <laughs> in age. John, I'll tell you, he, he had a presence here in Minneapolis before he went went back and changed his, his journey. Uh, and I'm guessing just because of what you were up to, what I was up to at the time, we were probably in the room together mm -hmm. way back when, but we cannot put our fingers on having met back in the 1980s or 90s. But if you can just tell us a little about your journey, how you got here and and what, what your interest, what got you interested in development work? Please. Sure. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Sioux Falls, and I wanted to get out of there as fast as I could in the 80s. You know, Sioux, South Dakota is conservative, <laughs> and I was a queer Native person that just wanted to be in a more metropolitan, accepting area. And I moved up to Minneapolis in 1988 to attend the University of Minnesota and loved going to school. Um, but I got involved in the arts right away. And you and I talked mm -hmm. about our friends at Ballet of the Dolls, Myron Johnson, mm -hmm. and and I was their manager for a couple of years. And I love that. And so for we, this, this show has a pretty broad listening audience. So, so folks who don't know Ballet of the Dolls, they were an avant-garde ballet uh, company here in Minneapolis. Very high profile, very well known. But they really pushed the envelope on <laughs> ballet. Oh, we did. And we had our annual Nutcracker, which was a sellout show from the very yeah. beginning. It starred Barbie and Ken. Um, just a really... <laughs> funny, tongue-in-cheek, avant-garde, really wonderful company that um, that Myron led. And, uh, and I was lucky enough to be part of their journey for a few years. But that's how I got involved in development, Robert, was yeah. um, just by being stage manager and helping with uh, box office stuff. I was like, how do we how do we make all of our money? How do we do this? Because the box office can't pay for everything. And was right. introduced to MRAC, uh, the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council. And at a young age, I think I was 20, Robert, 20 wow. years wow. old, I started writing grants for Ballet of the Dolls. And I realized the importance of relationships. I realized the importance of funders and of individual donors to make the vision come alive. Um, that was really a key turning point for me because I have a liberal arts degree, but I wanted to, I got involved in nonprofits and saw the struggle, the, uh, sure. the, the scarcity mentality. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Even John, we're just in our final moments here. This, if you could stick around for a few minutes into the next segment, that would be great. Oh, great. The, okay, cool. And this is Robert Lilligren. I'm guest hosting for Robert Pilot with Native Roots Radio. I'm Malik. And uh, we're talking with John Williams, who's our development director at Native American Community Development Institute. Coming up in just a minute, uh, in a bit, will be Angela Two Stars. 
are all my relations arts directors. Please stay with us. And this is Ogamaganuakwe. I just want to remind everybody this portion of the show is sponsored by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. We'll be right back. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. I heard sex trafficking happens a lot in Indian country. What is that? Here are some of the real reasons why sex trafficking happens in Indian country. Unequal gender roles that were forced on us by colonization. Communities don't have enough resources. Silence around domestic and sexual violence. Lack of attention and justice for missing and murdered indigenous people. There's a lot of behavior that keeps our communities out of balance. These are just a few true reasons why native communities are targeted by traffickers. When these acts of violence happen in our communities, it opens us all up for exploitation. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Metro State University invites you to explore how to grow your knowledge and advance in your career at their graduate program's preview day, Saturday, February 11th. Learn about more than 25 master's degrees, graduate certificates, and doctoral degree programs. Meet our extraordinary faculty and discover resources available to help you take the next step in your career. Sign up today at metrostate.edu slash preview day. Change the world your way. Metro State University. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this is definitely live radio, and uh, I'm not Robert Pilot. Uh, this is Ogamaganuakwe, and I'm here with Robert Lilligren of the Native American Community Development Institute, who's brought along John Williams, their development director. And uh, we are talking about some of the history of NACTI, how uh, Robert and John both got involved with NACTI. And uh, we're really excited to get to know uh, people from NACTI and the work that they do here today on Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. I do want to let everybody know this portion of the show is sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition and the National Day of Action and Remembrance for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives is February 14th. So make some plans. Yeah, miigwech Ogama, and it's great to be here. Uh, this is Robert Lilligren uh, filling in for Robert Pilot, trying to fill in for Robert Pilot, but with his little voice part there, it's almost like he hasn't hasn't left us. So, uh, and we're here with uh, John Williams. We're featuring the work of the Native American Community Development Institute this week. Uh, NACTI is an asset-based community development intermediary that works in South Minneapolis, shepherds the idea of the American Indian Cultural Corridor here on East Franklin and John is uh, is incredibly important. He's our revenue guy and he's incredibly talented. And I just felt so blessed to find someone like John to come and work at NACTI and uh, excellent native development people are kind of few and far between. And so uh, I've been told I found a unicorn when we hired John at NACTI. And he had such an interesting journey. He was touching on his journey uh, in arts early in his life, and, and then his journey went on. And so, John, I wonder if you could just continue with your personal story, please. Sure. So I worked um, in the arts in Minneapolis in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and then I worked at the public television station, Channel 2, as um, my title was senior specialist, but it was like associate producing for the organization and raising money and doing corporate proposals. Um, but home beckoned me back, Robert. Um, mm-hmm. I at that time, this was 20 years ago, uh, really needed me. And um, so I 
applied for jobs in Sioux Falls and I got a job as the grant writer for a large national nursing home chain. I don't know what they were thinking, hiring a <laughs> person to take over their long-term care efforts. Um, but uh, so yeah, I got into healthcare um, and that was just a complete 180 from what I'd been doing. It was so complex and long-term care uh, and home and community-based services for elderly just really grabbed me. I thought, because my parents were aging, and I know you've had this experience, mm -hmm. Robert, but mm -hmm. how do you keep people independent and successful at home as long as they can? That was a big focus of my work there. I, I Yeah, and then I started working in um, substance abuse and mental health services. And again, that was another area where there just was a dearth of services in South Dakota. There was really sure. very little for families to tap into. And so I worked for the National Alliance on Mental Illness for seven years, their South Dakota chapter and building strong communities and getting education and training to communities that the stigma is so strong around mental illness. Right. And what NAMI does very effectively is it's a peer-to-peer -peer approach. Everybody's a volunteer that trains the classes. You have to identify in the group in which you're being trained to deliver the training and then to support the community. So that was, um, that was really great. So I've had this mix of arts and then healthcare. And with the pandemic, uh, we we eliminated my position at NAMI and I was looking for work. And one of my longtime goal, professional goals was to work with a tribe or a Native American organization. And your um, posting popped up. I couldn't believe it. I was just, <laughs> I thought this is perfect. And I had no idea right. if I would be competitive. And then when I met with you and Ed, it was just wonderful. Yeah, thanks. And when, I, I hesitated to post that job. I was really committed to hiring a native development person. I was scanning the horizon to see who that might be. And I didn't I didn't pick you up in my scan. And so when I posted, I was thrilled when I received your resume. Yeah. And so now it's been almost two years, Robert. Um, wow. Yeah, almost two years. And we've been really successful. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the thing about... The thing about development, as I said, it's, it's a long view job. And one of my bosses, Dr. Chuck Hyatt, said to me once, and this has stuck with me for so long, is you underestimate, you overestimate what you can get done in one year, but you sure. underestimate what you can get done in five. Interesting. Very and interesting. I believe that's our arc here is a f in five years, I think there's going to be I don't know if I should say this, but maybe a building for NACTI, maybe. Oh yeah, that's on the horizon. Maybe more programming. Um, it's just a really exciting time to be part of NACTI because we have so much trust built in the community. I think people really look to us. They, they know our programs, they trust them, they turn out for them. Um, I think people know the programs a little more than they know NACTI, the entity. And I think that's something sure. we're solving by kind of explaining that we're the asset-based community development engine that powers these programs, these great pro four sisters that make voting a tradition and all my relations. Yeah, another great thing that John did for our organization is he really connected storytelling to fundraising. And we now have a team, a function, storytelling, uh, John and another NACTI staffer, Alex Buffalohead, have been leading a massive website redesign and to try to co-brand more of our projects and programs. And, and that's been a, a huge effort. We'll be launching that during uh, American Indian Month here in Minnesota. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to this spring. So looking forward to that. Yeah, was that connection to storytelling that was really critical for us. It's the it's the only way to reach people. Um, you really have to tell them how their dollars are impacting individuals, and we do that so well. Um, I just think of so many stories that that we've shared um, about artists and people working in MBAT and our farmers and and our uh, vendors at Four Sisters. So yeah, I mean, we're looking forward to this website. We want people to be able to. 
um, really explore all the things that NACTI does, get involved, uh, learn more about us, learn about our impact. Um, so I'm really thrilled about investing in that tool. Yeah, you've just done amazing work and, uh, I, and I'm so grateful. And, and uh, I can't wait till you're actually up here. John does not live here in the Twin Cities at this time. He started, he was interviewed and hired during the COVID era. So we didn't even meet in person for, for a while. Uh, and I, he has integrated into the community here. You're chairing the board of an organization. I don't know if you wanted to say a few words about it. If, if there's that. time, I would love to talk about Minnesota Fund. We are, uh, I'm, I'm on the board. I'm the board chair this year. And uh, Minnesota Fund um, is a community development financial institution, a native CDFI. Um, so it's like a nonprofit bank, right? It's like, like a, a nonprofit bank. bank. We're federally regulated. We're a lender. And we accomplish our work through a loan fund um, and education and training. So we have credit enhancement loans that go up to about 5,000. We have consumer loans that go up to 20,000. And then we have business loans that go, we're, we're just able this year to um, accommodate a $150,000 business loan. And so right. with the intrepid leadership of our executive director, Kip Fordham, um, we've just done incredible work. Um, so if anybody needs help with their finances, coaching, education, please check out minnesotafund.org. I just want to clarify for our listeners on the radio too, that's Minnesota, M-N-I-S-O-T-A fund.org. It's spelled the traditional Dakota way. Uh, just so when you go looking for it, that you can find it. <laughs> it might Great not come job. up if you uh, search it, the uh, the the colonial way of spelling Minnesota. Right. Very good point. Thank you, Ogama. Thanks. And it's a great organization. It's really fills a niche here. John's doing great work there and I'm thrilled that he's engaged in the community here. Uh, and the uh, the growth of even the Minnesota Fund, right? It came out of a, a cluster of financial literacy programs at one of our other, our community development corporation, American Indian Community Development Corporation here in Minneapolis. It was so successful in filling such an important role that it spun off into its own nonprofit that then grew into the CDFI, the nonprofit bank that is Minnesota Fund today. Great resource for the community. All of that. All of that sounds so amazing. That's so needed in Indian country, both in the metro mm -hmm. and in the greater state. And uh, it's, it's just so good to hear that we have those types of resources available. Right. And growing and strengthening. Yeah, yeah. John. Please, people, tap into the, those resources. Um, you know, uh, directing artists from, from our family of people to, you know, think about consumer loans and business loans to get their, to get their business up and running. Um, really great staff over at Minnesota Fund. Really great leadership. We're thinking of buying. Yeah. We're thinking of buying a building. Right. So, right. Well, and Minnesota Fund is another great asset-based uh, organization here in our our ecosystem in the Twin Cities. Uh, we partner with them. They're part of a whole partnership doing great work. You're doing great work, John, at Minnesota Fund and at NACD. I'm so grateful you're here. This is Robert Lilligren. I am the CEO of the Native American Community Development Institute. We've been learning more about our organization with John Williams, our development director, uh, Cheyenne River Lakota. And then next we'll talk to Angela Two Stars, who is our All My Relations Arts Director and a rising star in the uh, especially public art, art realm. And so she'll be talking a little about her work as an artist and her work at NAC. You are listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. We will be right back. Stay tuned. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. We have families waiting for a car. You know, over 85% of unemployed are successful in finding and keeping a job if they have dependable transportation. A car plus a job equals a life changed. 612-919-5526. We have families waiting for a car, 919-5526 or autotech.org. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. 
Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. This is David from The David Pakman Show, where we expose the hatriots, liars, and Trumpists weekdays at 2 p.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hey, it's Patrick. February is the month for love, but when was the last time you gave your carpet the love and attention it really deserves? If your carpet hasn't been professionally cleaned, you are breathing unhealthy levels of nasty dirt, dander, bacteria, and germs that keep recirculating again and again. And what's worse, you're going to be stuck inside breathing that nasty stuff for months. Lucky for you, Zero Res is going to spread the love for you and your home with their Love Your Rug special. Get three rooms zero resified from the Twin Cities' number one carpet cleaner starting at just 119 bucks. Plus, this month only, they are throwing in a free hallway to sweeten the deal. But hurry, this deal won't last long. And because love has no limits, Zero Rest is going to take 75 bucks off your air duct cleaning. You owe it to yourself and your family to breathe healthy, happy, and clean. Call Zero Res right now, 952-Zero-Res, or go online at ZeroResMinnesota.com and say you want the AM950 special. Zero Res. Do you or someone you know need dental care but can't afford it? Join Shamblot Family Dentistry for their 15th annual Dentistry from the Heart event, a day of free dentistry for those in need. All patients will be seen on a first-come, first-served basis. No appointments required. Dentistry from the Heart provides free, limited dental care to those in need. This event is for new patients only. Shamblot Family Dentistry has given away more than $450,000 in free dentistry through Dentistry from the Heart. The 15th annual event will take place on Tuesday, February 14th at Shamblot Family Dentistry in both their Hopkins and St. Paul locations. Starting at 7 a.m., Dr. Shamblot and his team will treat as many patients as possible. Again, it's first come, first served, so patients should arrive early. For more information about this opportunity for free dental care with Dentistry from the Heart on February 14th, visit ShamblotFamilyDentistry.com, that's ShamblotFamilyDentistry.com, or call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH. Do you have a car you no longer need but don't want to jump through all the hoops to sell yourself? Rudy Luther Toyota can help with their We Buy program. It's really simple. Go to RudyLutherToyota.com, click on the We Buy link, type in some basic information, and Rudy Luther will get you an instant and accurate offer. Then set an appointment, and after a quick verification of the vehicle, Rudy Luther will set up your payment with a check on the spot in most cases. We Buy. It's that simple. For more information or to sell your vehicle, head to RudyLutherToyota.com. That's RudyLutherToyota.com. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Clearing skies tonight with a low of 6, then sunshine Friday with a high of 25. There's no better time than now to experience the new Maggie's Lounge at Crooner's Supper Club. Serving up light fare and cocktails, no concert ticket is required. Crooner's Supper Club, just north of 694 off Highway 65 in Fridley. Croonersmn.com Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Ogama Ganuakwe. Robert Pilot is uh, off today, but we have Robert Lilligren of the Native American Community Development Institute standing in as a wonderful guest host for us. I just popped in to let everybody know that this portion of the show is sponsored by the Native American Community Development Institute, and we are so happy to have them on for a special Get to Know NACD episode of Native Roots Radio. Robert, why don't you introduce the next guest? Yeah, miigwech Ogaman. Thanks for all your support and help doing this. And, uh, you know, as I said earlier at the top of the show, I couldn't never fill Robert Pilot's moccasins, but I'm doing my best. And I love this opportunity to talk more about NACD's work and all my relations arts and to feature some of these brilliant professionals that I have the privilege to work with every day. And, and one of them is our next guest who probably needs no introduction, but she is our All My Relations Arts Director, uh, Angela Chustar. She's a assistant from Sisseton Oyate. Uh, she's been with NACD about four years now, I think, something like that. And in that time, her career as an artist has just taken off, uh, especially a public artist who has an international reputation, uh, which we'll talk about. And then 
Uh, following that, we'll talk a little more about our work specifically at NACTI. But first, I thought I would ask Angela to please introduce herself to the, the listeners and maybe talk a little about her work. And we'll get into some specifics as well as we go. Angela, welcome. Hi, Robert. Good evening. Hi. Thank you for inviting me to join you tonight. Thanks for coming. I'm sorry, it's the evening, and so the kids are, you can hear the kids. I'm going off to do, and, and there's one right there. That's it. the life of a working mom, I tell you. <laughs> right. I should have put that in your so as well. You get a little, so um, <laughs> I let them know, I said, I'm doing an interview, so you need to be quiet. <laughs> sorry about that. Well, oh, goodness. Doing an interview. Yeah, so I'll probably I'll probably get interrupted um, one more time, but just to <laughs> share with everybody, like, thank you for having me tonight. My name is Angela Two Stars. Um, I'm an enrolled member of the Sistin Wapitanoyate. And yes, I'm the director of All My Relations Arts. I've been with NACTI since 2018, and it's been a very you know, long relationship with NACTI. Um, my first exhibiting uh, pr as a professional, uh, like practicing artist was my an exhibit at All My Relations in 2016, uh, where I was then invited back to be part of the closing reception and I got to interact and network with other artists and professionals and you know it really brought um, an opportunity for me to work in public art and you know I just continued to grow with all my relations I was invited to curate an exhibition about missing and murdered indigenous women um, which opened in 2018 and so NACTI has just very been such an integral part of my growth as an artist and a professional and so I'm very happy to be in my role now where I get to kind of come full circle and promote and share other upcoming, you know, emerging artists kind of in the same way that I was supported. And I love that you bring that history up. And I just think it's such a perfect example of NACTI sort of living its mission, its best mission. You know, NACTI is about building capacities at the community level, group level, and the individual level. And and we apply that to our, our own staff, right? And so we we are here to develop the careers of Native professionals and to support uh, Native professionals, arts professionals, and others in their careers. And I just, I feel like your your journey just really, really lifts up NACTI living our mission. So uh, I was hoping we could talk a little about your work as an artist, as a public artist, and you've had a number of really high profile commissions around the Twin Cities. And I know that you also so teach. So uh, I wonder if you just want to say a few words about some of your public artwork and that trajectory, that part of your career. Angel, it looks like you're on mute still. Um, yep. Oh, there it is. I was, yep, I was waiting for the... <laughs> okay, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. For those who can't see, Angela has children walking back and forth behind her. Yeah. With two so, doors, no less, to go through. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, so uh, my public art career started actually through an introduction at All My Relations Arts. Um, I was interested in the Bidet Makaska Public Art Project because it was honoring my ancestor, Machpiawi Chasta. And so I reached out to the All My Relations staff and said, do you know more about this? Because I just want to get to know the people from this project because this is my family. And I'd like to get connected to more people and know more about Cloudman. And I wasn't really contemplating, you know, public art. I, I wasn't familiar with it. And so um, they reached out to the project manager, um, the staff at NACTI, and invited that project manager to come to that closing reception. I was able to be introduced to her. And that is what sparked me thinking like, oh, why don't I apply? Uh, so yeah. I did. And I ended up getting selected and had an incredible um, you know, incredible time working with Mona Smith and Sandy Spieler. And it brought me back to Minnesota, you know, as a as a descendant who whose ancestors were exiled from the state. Um, I came back home after, you know, over 150 years in exile. And so it's been really rewarding to be able to return to my homelands and have that strong connection with the land, with the language, with my culture. And it's really advanced my growth as a public artist. Um, I've been working with language revitalization since about 2015. So I incorporate a lot of the Dakota language in my artwork um, mm -hmm. and it's been creating a healing journey for me um, as an individual and I share that in my art. So 
um, I was, I had a piece, I was selected by the Walker Art Center for the Indigenous um, Art um, Selection in 2019. Um, I had created a piece, I designed a, a piece that was inspired by my grandfather and his work in language revitalization, and it was selected as the commission. And so I was able to have that piece uh, permanently installed in the sculpture garden in 2021. Um, so it's been really wonderful for like representation, like to have a native artist in the sculpture garden uh, with the Dakota language, kind of reinforcing to all the audience that comes that, you know, the Dakota language is such a important part of our identity as a state. And many of our, you know, city names, town names are Dakota words. And so it's been really rewarding to be able to share of my identity and culture and language, you know, to an both a native and non-native audience and, and opening up about how how that separation that happened with our um you know like two generations previous or even you know one generation ago like how we are healing that um, separation by reconnecting with the language and it creates this healing effect and so for me to share that kind of vulnerability and openness about my own experience i think allows other people to relate and, and connect to that too. And I think that's so profound and I think that you do it beautifully and authentically and for folks who might be listening in different communities, Walker Art Center is one of our leading biggest non-native arts institutions. They have a large uh, facility here and then they have a sculpture garden, a huge sculpture garden, which a few years ago uh, ill-advisedly uh, uh, built an artwork built on about called the scaffolds and it was built on the scaffolding to resemble the scaffolding scaffolding where 38 Dakota warriors were hung and it was really damaging and so they took it down the community organized Walker took it down and then went forward in a different way that brought uh Angela uh, more into the public eye and and I'll just note uh, that you know Angela started the project or a big a first step was to um, engage her tribe and her family to purify the land that uh, that her peace would stand on and it was a beautiful and moving ceremony that happened during the civil unrest following George Floyd's murder here and Angela's um, relatives said you know there's so much pain there were demonstrations going on all around the city at the time and said it, you can start healing here maybe this healing can move out through the rest of the city. And it was just beautiful and really, really time. So thank you for that. And thank you for the work that you do. And I'm just trying to check the time here. Oh. Yeah, we've still got uh, about three minutes left here, Robert. Right. And um, cool. I wanted to take a quick minute, too, to remind everybody that uh, you can support NACDI at uh, NACDI.org. That's N-A-C-D-I.org. They have a donate button right on the main page. And you can also directly support All My Relations Arts by going to AllMyRelationsArts.com. Or you can find them through the NACDI page on NACDI.org. There's an All My Relations link as well. And these are organizations that uh, if you support them, your funding is going to go to some really great community projects. Uh, you really can't go wrong. Miigwech, Ogoma, for that. And just in these final minutes, and I'm hoping, Angela, you can stay on for another uh, a segment and you can talk a little more about what's coming up at All My Relations Arts. And I'm wondering if you can just do a super short recap of some of the work that you have led to protect Native artists, that we, we help get them into these situations, get them these commissions, and then how we work to intervene and make sure that they don't get damaged by non-Native uh, arts or uh, institutions. Yeah, I think, um, well, one one of the biggest supports that I have is to have like NACD leadership supporting me using my voice in these spaces that weren't made for us. So to be able to have that strength and advocacy and knowing that my leadership, you know, um, encourages and will defend me and support me in, in that space um, helps me to be more confident in my voice. And as I'm a practicing um, artist, I, I'm familiar with what the artists that we work with are, are doing. And so I know the spaces they're in because I'm in them as well. And so I know, you know, kind of how to advocate and speak up for them and defend their work and, um, you know, share how equity in action looks like um, in these types of institutions and, uh, you know, working with BIPOC artists, you know, just kind of how that systems change work that we do at NACDI, what that can look like. 
Is that like short enough? I don't know how much time we got. That was really, we actually have a little more time, but that was brilliantly put. And I would just note, you know, we, we partner with organizations like our state department of transportation, MnDOT or, or, uh, uh, the county and other uh, really unsafe spaces for Native artists. And we sort of put ourselves between uh, the organization and the artist so, so they can do what they do, right? And not have to be triggered uh, by some of the, the trauma that can come from working with some of these organizations. And, and I gotta tell you guys, Angela does that brilliantly. We're so fortunate to have her here and to support her in that work and so we glitch for that and so that's angela two stars the director of all my relations arts she'll be joining us in the next segment as well i'm robert willigren the ceo of native american community development institute filling in for robert pilot and we're just having an evening of sort of introducing the listeners to nacti's work and this is Ogamaganuakwe. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. We'll be right back uh, after these messages. We want you to stay tuned for a little bit more with Angela Two Stars and uh, what's upcoming at the All My Relations Art Gallery here in the Twin Cities, Minnesota. Stay tuned. When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This is Ogamaganua Quay. Robert Pilot has taken the day off, but we are here with co- our special uh, guest host, Robert Lilligren. And I just want to let everybody know this portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh. Oh. Thanks for not leaving me to howl on my own today, Robert. I appreciate that. Um, we have wonderful guests here from NACDI, the Native American Community Development Institute. Uh, Robert, why don't you uh, go ahead and reintroduce the guest? Yeah, happy to. So our guest for this segment is All My Relations Arts Director, uh, Angela Two Stars. All My Relations Arts is a project of, of NACDI. And a big feature of our work is All My Relations Arts Gallery, which is one of the premier contemporary Native arts galleries in, uh, in the region. And we're just so fortunate to have someone as talented and thoughtful and cultural as Angela Two Stars 
as our director. So thanks again, Angela, for being here. And I want to take a minute to talk about a story that Angela shared with me recently about some work she was doing. She's a very busy and active person. And she was doing some teaching at a local uh, university called St. Catharines. It's a women's university. And she was telling me a little about a particular project that I just thought was so beautiful and profound. So Angela, I'm wondering if you can just tell us that story, please. Sure. Yeah. So I'm in an exhibition. It's kind of a duo exhibition with Jamie Black, um, who is the artist who is very well known for the Red Dress project um, that's you know started in Canada and uh, was here in the United States. Um, and so St. Catharines brought us together to because of our works um, around missing and murdered Indigenous women. I was the curator of Bring Her Home, and you know she has her Red Dress installation. And so it was my opportunity to. Um, create artwork as an artist, you know, as opposed to the work I was doing as a curator around the subject matter. And so I had this idea for this piece that was addressing um, trafficking and how trafficking is, you know, uh, the buying of a product. And so um, rather than recognizing that these are women um, that are part of this, you know, business that is MMIW trafficking. So I created three woodcuts um, of Native women and they represent the statistic that one out of three Native women will experience sexual violence in their lifetime. And they were you know, black and white uh, woodcuts. And then I invited this class um, of, of female students to uh, think of a woman in their life who was significant to them, that they looked up to, that they admired, um, who had like you know characteristics that they aspired to be like. And I asked them to hand color these women, uh, to pick one of the girls off the wall and then hand color them and then write about that woman that they were representing through this um, design. And it was really incredible to see how these these girls, um, you know, college university women were um, thinking about women in their lives that they admired and, um, you know, kind of wanted to become like and that were mm -hmm. that they were influenced by. And so then after they finished, they put their writing um, behind the women, uh, the, the artworks that they made because they're on magnets. And so say they just like stick right to the wall. And so now when when the audience wants to purchase one of these prints, they will have to kind of challenge themselves. I'm like, I'm buying this product, but it's actually this woman who has a name, who has a family, who has, you know, like significant qualities that somebody looks up to. And so it really kind of challenges the audience to contemplate that business that is like human sex trafficking and and I told these girls like you're humanizing these women on the wall and that that's what I wanted out of bring her home is for people to see women not as victims but as people as wives mothers daughters you know sisters cousins friends and so that was what I wanted the audience to take away from the bring her home exhibition and so I finally had this opportunity to create work um, that was kind of speaking about that it was like it was the time for me to <laughs> to do it. And it was just so amazing that what these young women did and to have these rich conversations around, you know, um, our values, like how we should be treated as, as, as women, mm -hmm. um, how, you know, men have a responsibility, you know, um, and how they they treat women. And it was just a wonderful opportunity to have conversations with girls who are kind of right at that cusp of their adulthood. And so it's like, mm -hmm. hopefully it, resonates with them as they move forward and how they should be treated and how they should value themselves. That's just beautiful. They were very lucky to have you uh, as, a, as an instructor and as an artist. And a couple of things that really struck me when we talked about this earlier, and one was that where these women, young women are in their journey together and that it's very early in the term. And so they didn't necessarily know each other that well. And you commented on how doing this work really built bonds. You could see it building bonds between these young women. I thought that was really something. And then when you were first telling me about the project, you had done your wood blocks, your three wood blocks. I didn't know that part about the, uh, the one in three women, Native women would experience sexual violence. So that was what you were basing that on. But then you, you told me that you invited them to take one of the women off the wall. And just the way that you said it, like it just, you know, it was very visceral suddenly you know to contemplate the plight or the challenges of, of a, an abducted woman a missing you know missing 
indigenous woman. And I just think that's just brilliant. You know, if you can make me feel that, just telling me that story, I can't, can't imagine the impact on those young women that in class. And then maybe with our final minutes here, Angela, if you just want to talk about your vision for the All My Relations Arts, the gallery, and, and what might be coming up with All My Relations Arts, please. Yeah, yeah. So right now we have a partnership with Hennepin Theatre Trust and uh, the artists that are in that cohort, um, there's three of them with a mentor who are learning all about mural design. And so our gallery is now basically a working studio for those artists to apply those concepts directly to the walls, um, their, their techniques. And, and, and Angela, I just made for people who aren't from Minneapolis, Hennepin Theater Trust owns and operates a series of theaters on our major uh, entertainment venue in downtown Minneapolis. It's not a Native institution. And this right. is our second cohort that Angela has helped lead to indigenize their offerings in downtown Minneapolis. Yes. Yeah, it's been a wonderful partnership too. So I'm really glad that we're continuing it. And so that is in the gallery uh, currently. And then we'll be hosting an exhibition actually from Canada about this family um, who is tackling um, the subject of grief, you know, of losing a family member. And um, then we'll have a solo exhibition by Lauren Youngbird, who's a very talented um, printmaking artist. Um, and then our last exhibition for this year is going to be a river exhibition because there's been so much information so much conversations around the river with a lot of the work that is happening with different organizations in the Twin Cities. And so I was really thinking like, it's a very vital and significant time to have some art that's addressing the river, which is a relative and water is just so important to, you know, just our, our livelihood. So I'm really excited about the, you know, season, the gallery season this year. And then we have, you know, partnerships to keep us busy and um, advocacy work always. <laughs> right. so it's great. Yep. We do keep busy at NACD and uh, all my relations arts. Again, I thank you for not just being here tonight, but being uh, working with NACD for your presence here. I think you have just done amazing things with your position. It's been a joy over these last three years to watch you grow and develop as both a native artist and a native arts professional. And and I can't wait to say in five years, oh yeah, I used to know her, that Angela two stars <laughs> when you're on the late night talk shows or something. You are going places, Angela two stars. And it's, so thank you for letting us be part of, of your journey. Thanks for being here. That's Angela Two-Stars, the Director of Online Relations Arts. I'm Robert Lilligren, the CEO of the Native American Community Development Institute. Uh, thank you, Robert Pilot, for giving me this opportunity to focus on our work tonight. Thank you, Ogama, for all of your support and um, being able to carry, carry us through with the technology. So, miigwech uh, and gigawabam. Hey, Miigwech, everybody who tuned in tonight. You've been listening to Native Roots Radio presents I Am Awake. We need to resist, divest, join a group, and run for office. Tune back in with us again on Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake.